You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Hope you guys are having a good morning. I'm, this has been, we've got off to a great start here this morning. Um, if you don't know, I am I'm a volunteer here at the church. Uh, the church. I'm part of the teaching team. My name is Paul, and it's my honor uh, to get to share with you this morning. Um, I don't know if you guys realized this, but um, that, were you getting anyone here last week? That was awesome, right? Our celebrating nine years. And um, last week at this point, um, and I say all this just to say, um, you know, the Holy Spirit orchestrates a lot of what we do here because uh, this this church does not have um, a lot of resources. In fact, at this point last week, we didn't know who was teaching this week or what they were teaching on. And Jason had just asked me, we had, once we had settled it, I think like on Tuesday evening or something, he just asked me what the what I was doing. And I just gave him one word. I just said perseverance. And then he, so he didn't know anywhere where I was going today. And treat, we didn't, and Teresa didn't talk. And I, me and Abby didn't talk about what she was going to sing, but everything was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit um, because he's the church administrator here because we, we, we can't afford an actual church administrator. <laughs> um, so praise God for that. Uh, but we've been uh, talking about being with God on mission and, uh, and our everyday lives and various, uh, various different practices and disciplines. And uh, today we're going to do... Um, what it looks like um, to persevere and to keep uh, pressing in and pressing on with God. And uh, I hope it's an encouragement today. At any given Sunday, you know, we have a range of people, uh, a range of emotions where people are like, yes, everything's great, I'm vibing, uh, life is good. And then we have the other end of that spectrum where people are like, I'm barely hanging on, I, I, I need a word of hope, I need something to keep me going. And so uh, today, whether you're like on this end of the spectrum where everything's great or where you're on this end of the spectrum where, uh, you know, you're barely hanging on, um, this is going to be for both of you, right? This is going to be a word of encouragement, whether you're over here to keep pressing into that and don't let the enemy attack, uh, you know, and bring you down. And on the other end, to encourage you and lift you up that there is hope and that there is reason to keep going on, pressing in and pressing on, right? Um, now, uh, this is the time of year where, um, and we talked about this when, I, when we kicked off the series the, that first week of January, right? New Year's resolutions, where everyone's resolutions are already done and over with. You've already completed them, right? Uh, they're done, right? I, I, I mastered it. I can move on for the rest of the uh, 11 months, um, or you're right, you're like, well, maybe I'll try again next year, <laughs> right? But listen, uh, the idea of you know being with mission, of being with God on mission, um, is like uh, you, you can't improve on something you don't do. I heard a story a couple weeks ago, and uh, this person was talking about how they struggled to. Um, they really need to get healthy. They struggled their whole life with having a routine of exercise so they could get healthy. And um, because the task always seemed so daunting, right? So the person who was working with him gave him this suggestion, said, okay, listen, what you have to do is you have to commit to going to the gym every day and staying there for two minutes. 
It's kind of ridiculous, right? But the point was, because you think, well, if he's already at the gym, why don't you just do like 20, 30-minute workout? You're already there, right? Well, a 20, 30-minute workout is too daunting of a task. I have to go to the gym and be there for 30 minutes. That's too much. But what he did by getting this person to go to the gym and stay there for two minutes, three minutes, right, is he developed the habit of showing up, right? And I think that's been the idea with some of these these things that we've been sharing with you, is the idea of showing up with God and seeing what he can do, right? Because you can't improve on, right, you know, read, some people read their Bible 30 minutes a day, and they do it every day, and they're very devout, right? That idea, right, that's too hard. But if you can develop the habit of showing up with God, listening to the Bible, or reading the Bible two minutes a day, well, now you have something that you can improve on, right? And that's the idea. When you show up with God, right, now you have something to work on, to press into, to uh, work with him, right? And so today, I'm going to talk to us and hopefully encourage all of us uh, to not give up, right, to keep going. We're going to uh, look at what it means uh, to keep pressing in and leaning in with God. And we're going to look at Luke 13 today. It's one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. And I may have talked about it with you before, but maybe not in this context, um, and we're going to start at verse 10, and uh, we'll, see, we'll, go, we'll go from there. All right. It says, uh, and this is out of the NIV, it says on Luke chapter 13, verse 10, it says, On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites, you play actors, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath, the day, on the day from what has bound her? And when he said all this, all his opponents were humiliated. But the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Now, uh, as this story goes on in chapter 13, we're not going to get into chapter, three is very long. chapter 13 is very long, so we can't get into all of it. Uh, but I encourage you to read it this week if, you, if it interests you. He says, uh, he, he goes on to teach, and he's, and he's teaching about the parables and what it means to be in the kingdom of God and what's going to happen in Jerusalem. So he's starting to uh, agitate him. They're already agitated, agitated that he's healed this woman. You're not supposed, uh, supposedly not supposed to do that, right? Um, and so he keeps on offending uh, the people, the people in charge at the synagogue and, and, and around uh, where he was teaching. And so it goes on in verse 31. It says, at that time, some of the Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you, he replied. Go t-, and then Jesus replied, go tell that fox. I will keep on dev- driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today, tomorrow, and the next day. For surely, no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Now, before we go on, does anybody know why... Um, Jesus calls Herod a fox. Anyone? Taking an taking taking audience participation today. All right, that's okay. Now, on the surface, you would think 
uh, and this is not unforeign. Uh, this was not an unforeign idea at the time either. That a fox, you know, you kind of in our culture we associate them with being slick, kind of devious, or you know, uh, cunning, right? Mischievous. They they they'll deceive you or something something like that. Well, that idea was prevalent then as well. But that is not uh, what Jesus is getting at when he calls Herod a fox. And in fact, if you look at some of the temple, uh, second temple writings, which just mean the writings at the time of Jesus, that Jesus walked the earth, right? Uh, we see this uh, contrast of what they mean when they call someone a fox back then. And, and you'll see in the um, rabbinic writings that uh, some of the Jewish rabbis would uh, put down the other rabbis that they didn't like. They'd say, well, why would you listen to that rabbi? He's a fox. When you could listen to me, I'm a lion, Right? So what they're meaning, and they do this contrast, is a lion is someone, power, significance, and a fox, right, a fox is insignificant. They don't have anything to offer. And so that's what Jesus is getting at. When he calls Herod a fox, he's saying, go tell that person who's insignificant to me. Go tell him what he, his power doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not concerned about it. Now, to give you an idea of what this can mean, imagine being uh, a political dissident in a country, say, like Russia, right? And uh, you're on the radar of Putin, right, the most powerful man in Russia, who has a history of, you know, being ruthless and, 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 and uh, you know, stuffing out other uh, political opponents, right? And uh, you're causing a stir in that country, and some of the leaders come, and they tell you that, listen, Putin's on to you, and he's going to come, and he's going to kill you, and probably all of us because you're here, so you need to leave. And then you turn around, and you say, you know what? Putin's insignificant. I'm not worried about him. Right? It's crazy. Right? You're in Russia, and you, I'm not worried about Putin. <laughs> he can do his best. He's insignificant. Right? This is the kind of power and authority Jesus is working with. That the most powerful people he considers insignificant. He considers this issue that Herod might come and kill him insignificant. And that's what he's getting at when he calls Herod a fox. Right? And then <clears throat> you think about, now in context, you think about Jesus being called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And you see this contrast more clearly than ever. Jesus is a lion, and Herod is a fox, right? And, and you think about the fact that what Jesus is doing, right? He is on mission. He's healing people. He's preaching the good news. He is preaching the, king, the coming of the kingdom of God. And he's not going to let some insignificant factor stop him from reaching his goal, right? He's on his way up to Jerusalem, right? Uh, and we do this in our lives. We always, always mix up what is significant with what's insignificant, right? We always let insignificant things and details in our lives end up being the things that bring us down, the things that the, uh, Satan or our enemy uses to attack us, right? And we make, what we, what's the expression? We make mountains out of molehills, right? We make lions out of foxes. And, and, and the enemy wants us to do that, right? He always wants us to, to think that uh, the, these fox 
problems, these insignificant problems, are much bigger than they really are because that keeps us down. That keeps us not living as like all these truths that we've been singing today as children of God, right? As people who have been, uh, the, the seas have been split for us so that we can walk through them, right? And, and see, the Bible is full of encouragement and encouragement to keep us enduring and to keep us pushing through any suffering that we have, to keep us going on, on to Jerusalem, right? Because of the promises God has given us, right? And I don't, you know, we're not going to go long today, and we're not going to dwell on a lot of things, but what we are going to do is we're going to look at some verses that God has given us in his word to encourage us and to keep us pressing in and pressing on with him. Okay, now listen, uh, I, I tend to shy away from, you know, taking verses just, you know, one at a time, but uh, they're there for us to encourage us, to, for us to chew on them, for us to hold on to them, for us to cling to them, because he's given them to us. Now, the context and the situations are different from ours, right? But I think those promises still ring true, and I believe that God has given us those promises to endure and to press forward and to press into because he wants us to live in a life of freedom right he doesn't want us to be making uh you know lion lions out of foxes right he wants us to know what's insignificant right and that is not really going to keep us from pressing on to jerusalem for pressing on to his promises and into his kingdom so i've got several verses for you and uh, we're just going to go one by one through them as a way just to encourage you guys, right? I want you guys, wherever you are, whether you're you know, over here, everything's great, to be strengthened and to not let the enemy attack you with insignificant problems, to with foxes, or for all of us who are over here struggling, hanging on, looking for a word of encouragement, to be built up. And to put things in their proper perspective in God's kingdom. And to lean in to the promises that he has for us. To be encouraged. To live a life of freedom. To live a life of hope and joy. Now, uh, at the same time, uh, you know, I don't mean to trivialize any of our, you know, struggles that we're going through. Or to say that um, by leaning in to God and, and pressing in to what he has for us and being on mission, that all these problems are going to disappear tomorrow, right? That there's not going to still be some struggle, you know? But the idea is that uh, God is faithful, right? And uh, there is peaks. There is a peak coming, right? There is the kingdom that is here and growing among us. And we aren't always going to be in the valley, right? 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 There is the promised land at the end of their 40 years of wandering, right? You know, the, the Israelites uh, didn't get out of uh, wandering in the desert for 40 years, but there was a light at the end of that temple, right? And I, I've been reading a, a book by a Jewish rabbi called The Exodus You Almost Passed Over, and he says, says it like this. It says, uh, you know, yes, we didn't uh, live through the Exodus, right? We didn't have to suffer through that. But because we have the Bible and because we have these stories, that these, these traditions and, and these truths that have been passed on uh, 
to us, right? It's as though, and, and, and the, the biblical writers intended for us to put ourselves in that position. So yes, it was our ancestors who wandered through the desert for 40 years, who were delivered out of Egypt. But we are to identify with them. We are to be the people who were delivered out of Egypt. That's why we sing these songs the way we do, right? Because we, even though we didn't do it ourselves, we are expected to identify and be the type of people who live those lives, who live the same lives as the people in the Bible, the ones who are delivered. So yes, uh, that's why we, we, we turn to these scriptures and, and we press into them and we cling to them for hope. So Revelation 2, 3, and I've got several and we're just going to go, go through them. It says, you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Uh, Romans 12, 12, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Lamentations 3, 22 through 24 says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, Yahweh is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Or 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for Yahweh, for you know that nothing you do for Yahweh is ever useless. Every work, every uh, ounce uh, of work that you put in with God is never useless. What an encouragement. Every time you show up, it's never in vain. It's never returns void. 2 Thessalonians 3.13 As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. And Paul encourages, if you look through his letters, he's got tons of encouragements like this, right? Telling the letters that uh, he sent to specific churches, encouraging them to keep fighting the good fight, keep being faithful, to keep showing up. And then those churches turn around, they share those letters and say, look how Paul encouraged us. You should be encouraged too. 2 Thessalonians, oh, I said that one. I'll say it again. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. One time uh, when I was in school, and I remember it still vividly because it's one of those times where I felt that I audibly heard the voice of God speak to me. I was very discouraged. I was in school. I was, uh, I think I was taking Greek, so that was part of the problem as I could not, it was all Greek to me. Uh, Very difficult. I don't know I, why I took Greek. It was, that was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> and uh, even my, my major at the time and, and what I was doing, it just all felt so useless and pointless. And I was like, uh, I'm very broke. And I don't have any parents, so like, I should have been going to school so I could get a job and, and not be poor and broke. And I was just so discouraged because I felt like, um, when I originally uh, signed up for school, it was because I felt like God, this, God was calling me this direction. And just in the middle, it, you're halfway through it, and things just aren't going your way. And I was just so discouraged. 
and just feeling so like helpless and hopeless, like there was never going to be an end in sight, and uh, I was just never going to get out of this, and um, just didn't know wh- why I should even keep going on with what I was doing, and, and, and the promises that I felt like uh, the purposes for which God had put me there, I just felt like weren't there anymore. And I was walking in the basement of our uh, the library, the school library, and uh, I just I felt God just say stop. And I stood there, and this verse came to me. Well, actually, it, I just it felt audibly like God was speaking it to me. It said, uh, and it's Galatians six nine it says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let us not become weary. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I said, okay. I said, okay. If we don't give up. See, because everything you do matters, right? Every day you show up, it matters, right? My encouragement to you this day and this week is to not give up right? Wherever you're doing, right? Whether you're uh, a teacher or a principal or a head of schools or a city planner or a veterinarian or a stay-at-home spouse or uh, a probation officer or uh, a chiropractor or a doctor or a nurse or you work in construction, whatever it is you do, right? whether it's your, related to your job or just your daily life, whatever it is you do, it matters. It matters to the people around you. It matters to your family. It matters to God that you show up and you keep doing what God has called you to do, to keep pressing in and keep pressing on, right? Everything you do, every volunteer here, what you do matters. Whether running pro presenter or being with our children it matters to the kingdom of God, and it matters to these, this family and to these people. And the people you work with rely on you. Sometimes you think, ah, oh, what I do doesn't matter, but it does, right? You, some of us work in governments and cities, and, and, and sometimes doing mundane tasks like putting together a document that only a couple people will read, it matters because it helps your city continue to run or it helps your, your coworkers to get their jobs done. And yes, it's selfless. And yes, sometimes it's without praise. Or you think about dealing with your children every day, sewing into them another cup of chocolate milk, another ride to school, the mundaneness of it. This, the enemy uses to attack you as though it's just mundane. But it's nothing. It's not that. It's not mundane, right? Everything is sacred because God is with it and because God is with you. So that is my encouragement today. Do not give up. Do not grow weary in doing good. Do not let the enemy attack you. Lean in, right? As we were saying, press in. That's what what Jesus says, right? Uh, Go tell that fox. Go tell everyone who says that what I'm doing is insignificant or that what we're doing is insignificant. Go tell them that it's not, that he's not going to stop us from reaching, right, the promised land 
And it's not going to be necessarily today or tomorrow or the next day. But we're going to keep pressing on today, tomorrow, and the next day until God shows up and fulfills his promise because we know he's faithful, right? This church knows he's faithful, right? Nine years. I'm, I, started, uh, I started coming and gathering with you guys in, in August of 2019, right? And then like a few months later, uh, you know, the whole world ended, you know, and I, I remember uh, getting to know Jason and, and, and starting to, to meet with him, and he was so worried, is, is, and so many pastors were there, you know, that 20, year of 2020. Is this church even, is this family even going to make it? And here we are, celebrating nine years, right? Do not grow weary in doing good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest. You will reap a harvest. God will be for you, and you will reap a harvest. So today, tomorrow, and the next day, press on. So invite uh, the, the, the band to get back together. <laughs> I'm going to pray over you. That you will not grow weary in doing well, in doing good, in pressing on. And that God would strengthen you and uplift you and uphold you, and that you would be encouraged, and you would, you would fight back the, the lies of the enemy that say what you're doing is insignificant, when he's the one that's insignificant, right? That's what Jesus said. Go tell that fox, that insignificant person, that he's not going to stop me. He's not going to stop the kingdom. Father, we just rest in your promises, in your faithfulness, in your goodness. We need the strength to keep fighting, to keep doing well, to keep leaning into your promises, to keep pressing on today, tomorrow, and the next day, because you're faithful, and you're good, and you show up today, tomorrow, and the next day. We read about all of the heroes in the Bible, all of their peaks and their valleys, right? And our situations are different, but you are the same God. You are the same covenant giver and fulfiller and upholder So I encourage these people, Lord. Give them a word from you. Speak audibly to them as you did to me so many years ago. To not give up. To not grow weary. For them to understand that you are the same God who fulfilled all these promises and is going to keep fulfilling promises and going to keep upholding its people and its promises and its covenant to these people. Let us not grow weary. Let us not grow tired. For at the proper time, we will reap your harvest. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.